Welcome to the Reimagined Church Podcast with Pastor Robert Tanner. You can listen weekly on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasting. You can learn more about Reimagined Church by visiting us online at reimaginedpeople.com or by downloading our app for your Apple and Android devices. Now, let's join the service for this week's message. So if you would, um, just something that we have been doing um, in, our, in our house church and with our um, church that we are part of in New Hampshire is that we just want to honor and recognize the word of God. And so if you would just hold up your Bibles with me and just repeat with me, I submit my life to the Holy Scriptures, the word of God. If it's not in here, we're not doing it. <laughs> so... I want to talk to you, there's a, just was a word that the Lord kind of put on my, my heart for this week, and, and I kind of grappled with it, and I thought, Lord, this is like, this is like old news, like, like, duh, <laughs> like, it is, it's all old news, you know, like, but it's fresh news, it's new news, and the, the scriptures are alive and well and work in us, and so, do you know that there are so many places in the scripture, like, that there are prayers. Do you know that like it's really great to pray the scriptures? And so how much greater is it when we pray the prayers that are in the scriptures? Have you found some that, have, that you can relate to? Like David, I mean, David's like, Lord, my enemy's after me. Like, can you just like wipe them out? Cause you're good, oh God, I would praise you no matter what, but can you take care of that? Like sometimes we're just like there. Well, I want to come back to, to a, um, a prayer that was a pretty big deal. Some of you may remember the prayer of Jabez a few years back. I'm probably like, it's, it's a lot of years, isn't it? It's not a few. It's a lot of years back. And like, it just like hit everywhere and everybody was talking about it. And I was like, Lord, everybody already knows about this. And so he's like, I don't care. We're going there. So I'm going to take a look at First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10, where we find that. And if you if you look in in your your Bible or you look at the the passages around there, um, you're just gonna see. I had it printed out, and I was like, that's just too much. Like lists and lists. There's like the three chapters prior to that are lists of names. It's all the genealogy, tracking the line of David, and there's just names and names and names. And all of a sudden, out of the middle of all these names, we come to First Chronicles four nine, and it says. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested, and then names and names and names and names and names and names and genealogy. So there's this little gem that's like tucked right in there and like you got to pay attention to that. When something like like is there that you're like, "What? Wait a minute. We got to we got to pay attention." So this man, Jabez, we don't know a whole lot about him. Other than what is there in those two verses, that's it. One commentary stated that we know much of God in Jabez, but, but very little of who or what he was. We can learn more about God, which is awesome, in these two scriptures from Jabez's prayer than we can find out about him. He's a mystery. What we do know is that he's from the tribe of Judah. His name meant pain or sorrow, and his life was marked by pain. He was literally known as pain. Like in, in the Old Testament, like, People were named according to like their character, the things like the plans for their life. Uh, like David, like his name was blessed. You know that's a great that's a great name, right? But how about like you go around and it's like, hey, hey, sorrow, come on over here. Like that's not like when you say that out loud. Like I'm never talking to Jabez. I'm never like, hey, can we go hang out, pain? Can we go hang out, sorrow? Not not happening. 
So we also know that he had brothers. We don't know how many. We don't know where he was in the line. And we know that he was more notable than they, it says there, that he was more honorable than his brothers. And we know he was born into some unfavorable circumstances that existed for him that he did not have any influence over. And what we see is he's not willing to let his situation define him. He's not content to be defined by his name. There's something in him that knows that there is more. And then we see that he calls on the God of Israel, the one true God. If you remember in Deuteronomy, we have the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is calling on the God of his forefathers, the one that he knows knows him intimately. He knows who his source is, who to call upon. The one who knows him by name and sees him. And and it's like he's crying out, like, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So we see in his life this, this revealing and this uncovering of who God is. So what motivated Jabez to cry out and pray this? Like, what was it? We can't really know from what the scriptures tell us, but if I put myself in his position, if you put yourself in the situation, we can maybe come up with a few ideas. So we don't really know, but I imagine that for his prayer to be recorded and remembered as part of this man's life, this wasn't just something he said one time. His life was marked by this desperate prayer. His life in the scriptures is marked by the prayer and the impact it had because it says that God granted him his request. I love that. So is it possible that he was recalling the history of his people? See, he's in the lineage of David. So there's probably some things maybe that he's heard stories of. There's probably some things in David's story that he can relate to. David was the last of his brothers. As you know, the story about David, he had these brothers. He was just a lowly shepherd. And he was the, you know, being the youngest, there's never any natural favor that should have been given to him. He should never have really had any influence. Yet he became king And he was known as a man after God's own heart. Is it possible that Jabez reflected on the Psalms? Did he hear the songs of David throughout his lifetime being repeated to him? And parts of David's own story just kind of resonated with him. And he said, yes, I am a man like David. But look what my God has done. Lord, do it for me. Bless me indeed. Did he go back over history, the great men of faith, and see the fatherless Abraham, or Abram, as he was known as, become the father of nations? Maybe he recalled Jacob, who was the second born, named as the supplanter, who wrestled with God and was later renamed Israel and received a double blessing from his father and an inheritance that shouldn't have been his. These are the stories that he probably grew up on. Did he consider Moses, who should have been killed as an infant in Egypt, yet he was rescued to be raised in Pharaoh's household? And then he encountered God, and God appointed him to lead the Israelites out of slavery. See, I have a feeling Jabez wasn't sitting around just feeling sorry for himself. Friends, there are multiple stories of those who, whose lives were riddled with circumstances that would have dictated to them that they were done, that there was no hope, there was no future, that they were worthless, insignificant, and would never amount to anything but God. Can you imagine your, your, your mom naming you pain or sorrow, naming you worthless, naming you stupid, Like, this is the kind of marking that had been on his life when he was born. Pain. But God. There's always more. So Jabez prays, and he says, bless me indeed. And that means to ask for or to impart supernatural favor, favor that should not have been for him 
to him, favor that he should not have had. But Lord, bless me indeed. I want to walk in your favor. And there's something in this request that cries out. And he's saying, me too, Lord. Maybe it started out as a timid whisper, Lord. I see what you did in David. I see what you did in Moses. I see what you did in Abraham. Me too. Me too. We don't know. But then I'm guessing that that whisper would have grown as he was encouraged by the faith of his forefathers, as he was encouraged by what he knew that had happened, the history of his people. And, and, and soon it becomes a statement with authority and it's out of this place of identity. Lord, me too. Me too. And when it has on here, the, the scriptures say, but said, he said, bless me indeed. The, that in the Hebrew, the word indeed here would have been like multiple exclamation points. And I imagine Jabez like just sitting there before the Lord and he said, Lord, bless me indeed. Like with authority, bless me indeed. Like me, don't let me be passed by. He's began to own that, began to own a future that was beyond the circumstances he'd been given. So what might this look like in your life? Is your cry to the Lord, me too? Lord, don't pass me by. Don't let my life be wasted away. I'm not content to sit in the circumstances that I was given when I was born. I'm not content to be called the names that I was called and to live up to those expectations. There's something more. That's a cry we can cry out. And we get uncomfortable, I think, when it comes to things like, Lord, bless me indeed, like asking for the things for ourselves. We're like, great, Lord. Oh, bless my friends, bless my neighbors, Lord. Like, do you just, you know, pour out your life and your favor and your blessings on them? But when it comes to like, Lord, bless me indeed, we're like, um, well, I don't know if I'm worthy or that sounds selfish or um, I don't know if God will do that for me. We come from this place of questioning not questioning God. I think we come from a place of questioning our identity. And he has to grow that into us. And we can look at, we can look at the, the scriptures and we can see all these places where it talks about blessing others. And we are good with that. But are we ready to cry out, Lord, bless me indeed? And I'm going to show you why this is going to be a really important thing and why it's not selfish. See, I think for Jabez and for us, that it's a cry of dependence on the Lord. Lord, bless me indeed. First of all, we know where our source is. Where does our help come from? Who is the maker of heaven and earth? We know, he says, the God of Israel, the one God. That's our cry too. It's like, we, Lord, bless me. I know that I am, I am not able to, I'm not worthy, but you are. And I will surrender my life to you. This cry of dependence on the Lord, because I can't change my circumstances. I can't change my situation. There's stuff that's happening that I have no control over. But God, but God, he is able. What would that blessing look like in your life? I can guarantee you it's more than a demand for material things because we start feeling like guilty, Lord, bless me, because we're starting to think about, oh, man, it would be nice if I had a swimming pool. Ooh, that car. Ooh, shiny, shiny stuff. But it's more than that. It's so much more than just material things and things that we can acquire because, you know, we can do that on our own. We don't really need him. But what if that cry, Lord, bless me, what if it looked like, Lord, grow me, lead me, teach me, instruct me, help me to know you more, help me to walk in your ways. Is that a prayer you could pray for yourself? Lord, bless me indeed. See, Jabez acknowledges his need and his lack. I think that's where we have to come to. In Matthew 5, 3, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we recognize our spiritual poverty, it says that theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
are we willing to look at ourselves and say, I am lacking. Like, I, I don't know what I should know. I don't do what I should do. I'm not walking the way I ought to walk. I need to change, and I can't do it on my own. I need you. And in Psalms 23.3, it says, He restores my soul. I love that. Man, I, I don't know if I talked about this before, but this verse has been, it is written on my bathroom mirror. Funny thing, when you write on your bathroom mirror, it does like double vision. <laughs> so if you go to do that, just know that it's a little hard to read. Um, and, I, and I did it with erasable uh, marker. It's not, it's not permanent, but it's going to be there for a while. But it's there as a reminder that he restores my soul. My soul is lacking. There are days when my soul is so tired and grieved and hurting. He restores my soul. And then it said, he leads me in paths of righteousness. And I love this because this means that he leads me in paths of right relationship. That I'm going to walk in a way that's honorable before God and men. When he restores my soul, guess what? When your soul's not restored, I, I don't know how it is at your house, but if I'm having a tough day and I'm not trusting in Jesus, it gets ugly. <laughs> Have you been there? <laughs> I think he's been to my house. <laughs> it's ugly. If I don't let him restore my soul, it's ugly. I hurt people. I'm not nice. And I'm lucky to be nice on the good days when I'm like really trusting in him. Like I have to work really hard at that. But man, he restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness. And here's the really, really best part of this. It's for his name's sake, not mine. It's for his name's sake that he receives glory and honor, that he is lifted up. And you know what? This is where I think Jabez's heart was. Lord, restore my soul that you would lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. That's my prayer. And then he says, the scripture uses the terms enlarge or expand. Some versions will have um, expand my territory or my border. And for Jabez, this literally could have been land, although the Israelites were already given their land, the tribes were given their land. Um, there was maybe not a lot he could have done to to really press that without infringing on, on someone else. But even land would have meant so much more. Land was significant to the Israelites, but it carried with it influence and significance. Now, most of us probably aren't praying for more land. I don't know about you, but it's spring now, and we started on our yard work. <laughs> anyone, anyone there? Yeah, yeah, there were, there were sticks everywhere. Like we had to like dig up the ground so we could plant seeds. Um, and we don't have like fancy tools, so these are like hand tools. Like, Lord, don't expand our land right now because I'm tired. <laughs> we have we have these giant trees that drop you know, like pine cones this big to clean up, and it there, it's a lot of work out there. So most of us are probably not like asking for more land because we know what it takes to maintain the little plot of earth at our own house. But I want the Lord to expand my territory. This is about impact for us. This is about kingdom impact. This is asking the Lord to expand the capacity of my heart so that I can have greater influence, so I can love others better, so that I can show you more, God. So that he would enlarge your sphere of influence and open the doors for more relationships in your neighborhoods, your community, your city, our country. Lord, expand my territory. I don't want it to be confined. I don't want my influence to be confined within the walls of my own home. It needs to start there. If you're not starting there, you're not going to be able to take it well outside of those walls. It has to start there, but it doesn't need to stay there. It has to go out beyond there. Expand my territory. Lord, beyond my street, beyond my, my, my neighborhood, into the schools, into our state, into our government. Lord, expand our territory and our influence. Lord, I'm not content in being known as something that's worthless and doesn't produce anything. Use me. Bless me. Psalms 2, 8 says... Ask of me, 
And I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Jabez was asking. He was boldly asking. What are we waiting for? The scriptures say right there, ask of me. Ask of me. I want to give you the nations. I want to expand your territory so that you have influence for my name's sake. But here's something else I think this might sound like for us. In the simplicity of who we are as human beings, as sons and daughters, Lord, help me get beyond the borders of my own self-limitations and fears. Nothing will keep you stuck like your own self-limitations and fears. Believing the lies that the enemy would want you to believe like Jabez, dude, your pain, stay away from people. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah. No, I just, I just hurt people. I just cause pain. I just, like, I'm going to stay away. I'm not going to get into those relationships. I've been hurt too many times. I've hurt people too many times. I'm done. So no, no, expand my sphere of influence. Open doors for relationships. Let me get out of the way. And stop thinking about my own fears. Stop thinking about my own brokenness. Lord, you are my healer. Let him heal your heart. Let this be your prayer that he would come and heal you beyond those fears. Do you need some help getting out of your comfort zone? I like to be comfortable. I like to be in places that are familiar. That's why I love coming here. It's just familiar. <laughs> Are you playing it safe with the gospel, who Jesus is in your life? And then he says that your hand would be with me. One thing that he seems to have desired more than anything was, Lord, I want your presence to be with me. He wanted his life to be led by the Lord. And for the Israelites, the people of God out in the desert, man, they had the pillar of fire by night, the cloud by day. When the, when the cloud lifted, when the presence of the Lord lifted, they packed up and they moved. And when he stopped, they stopped. And sometimes the Lord gets up and moves. And I mean, he's like, where, where are you? <laughs> and other times, like, he gets up and moves. And I'm like, yeah, we're going, and we're going, and we're going. And then I'm like, where did he go? Because he stopped a long time ago. We have to be aware of what God is doing and sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing and how he's moving in our lives so that we can get up and move when he says to move. Sometimes that's just moving out of your seat where you are. Sometimes that's packing up your household, moving to someplace different. Sometimes that's changing schools or jobs. It can look so many different ways. Are you ready to hear what he has to say? Lord, that your hand would be on me. I don't want to move it's not, if it's not going to be in his presence. I don't want to go beyond that. That's a boundary I want to stay in. <laughs> Where he is. See, we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us. Do you trust him? When he says, hey, I want you to go over there. I want you to talk to that person. Even this morning, we were praying before service started, and I just felt led to pray something. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is about. That kind of doesn't make sense. And afterwards, I was like, maybe I should have just been quiet. And then somebody said, thank you. That's exactly what I was dealing with. We don't know. And you know what? If we're moving in something or we're bringing encouragement to somebody else, and you're like, question, like, maybe this is the Lord, maybe it isn't, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> if it's loving and it's caring and it's encouraging, we already know the scripture already told us to do those things. Why do we question it? Like, Lord, are you sure you want me to go and give an encouraging word to that person? Really? Of course, of course I do. Get up and go. You don't know what's going to happen. What's the worst that they're going to look at us like, all right, well, that was nice. Thank you. Really? Like, we're so afraid of stepping out and engaging with people and bringing a light to where they are. Because we're like, well, I don't know if that was the Lord. He said, go and do these things. Well, there's some things we don't have to ask him. Like, Lord, is that you right now? 
Oh, yeah, I said, go. Go encourage. Go build others up. Spur one another in love and good deeds. Go do it. Like, I already told you, like, over and over and over again. And sometimes, can we just see if the fleece gets wet? Can we just check first? Stop. (laughs) And I'm just as guilty, man. I'm like, Lord, enlarge my borders, expand my territory. Uh, But I need you to make sure that you send me a letter to make sure I know that what I'm supposed to do. Give me a heads up and a sign. Like, (laughs) it's that fear. It's those self-limitations. But your hand would be with me. And the scriptures tell us, here's the cool thing. He will never leave us or forsake us. So when we are walking in those things and we are stepping out and we are being bold, he is with us. And I have had times where the Lord has, has I don't like it when he does this, but we were, we were at a, a building dedication, a church building dedication, and there was opportunity for people to, you know, to speak some words, you know, things that the Lord was saying. And, and I'm sitting in my seat and I'm like, oh, well, you know, this, isn't really, this isn't my church, first of all, and I don't really know these people and I don't really have anything. And the Lord says, yes, you do. And I said, no, I don't. He said, yes, you do. And then the pastor who had the microphone was just like, okay, well, he started talking. I was like, see, there was no opportunity. And then he stopped. He was like, we're going to take one more. I said, are you kidding me? I still had nothing. I had nothing. The Lord said, get up and go. So I went and I stood up. My shoe fell off (laughs) as I was trying to get out of the aisle. And when my shoe fell fell off and I went to go put it back on, the Lord told me exactly what he wanted to say. He wanted to speak. He needed my obedience first. Guess what, people? We're looking for motivation when we need obedience. We don't need to feel motivated. We don't need to feel like it. We just need to be obedient. We are educated beyond our obedience. We are equipped beyond our obedience. We don't need more instruction. We need more obedience. (sighs) Sorry, I started to get preachy. And I'm going to hate it when the Lord says things like that because he gave me that word a while back. You don't need motivation. You need obedience. And I'm like, I'm keeping that one under wraps. Nobody's going to know about that. I do not want to be accountable to that. So y'all can hold me accountable because that's hard. That is hard. I'd rather wait till I feel motivated to respond to the things that the Lord is doing. But he said, no, you just need to be obedient. So I don't know about you, but the more and more I, I step out, the more I realize I need the Lord. <laughs> I need him to go with me. I need him to go before me. I need him to stand behind me. The hand of the Lord that reaches out and catches me when I fall, that reaches down and picks me up. We have those beautiful you know, psalms that said he picks me up out of the miry clay. Some days it's going to be like the miry clay. You may feel like it's been like your life, like miry clay. I grew up in in southern Illinois, and we didn't have dirt. Like, it was great for corn, growing crops and stuff. We had lots of farmland. But it was, like, literally, like, clay substance. And this is a side note. This probably, I probably shouldn't even go here. But do you remember as a kid, like, the fears that you had as a kid? Like, growing up, one of my biggest fears was quicksand. Because every show had quicksand. Like you were going to get stuck in quicksand. And I tell you what, I am most equipped now at this age of my life for knowing how to get out of quicksand than any other disaster or catastrophe. What are the chances that I'm going to need that skill? I don't know. Like I, I, but that's what everything had in it was quicksand, that we were scared to death of quicksand. But the scripture says that he reaches into the miry clay and he picks us up and he sets my foot upon the rock because he's with us. It just gives me that picture of the little child when I want to hear, like your hand would be with me. The little child who's walking alongside and just reaches up knowing that his daddy's hand is going to be right there. Like that's, that your hand would be with me, that every time I just reach up my hand, you are there you're going to grab a hold of me. 
walking step in step with the Father. There's safety and security. And then Jabez goes on, he says, keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. And this is a little play here and this reminder of what his name, Lord, that I might not cause pain. The very thing that I'm named after, the reminder of where I came from. The life that could have just, he could have just let it happen to him. With his name, with his circumstances, he very well could have just been like, that's all there is. This is, this is the lot I've been given. It's kind of an Eeyore sort of response. But in this, it's interesting because there's so many things in here, but this is like a real direct echo moving forward into the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 13, where it says, do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This should be part of our daily prayers, all right? I don't know if you realize it. This should be part of our daily prayers. Lord, like, that your hand would be on me, that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. And, the, and Jesus, Jesus affirmed it for us. Like, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He told us we should be praying like that. I don't know why we don't. Because there is an evil that would draw us into sin. Now, there's a difference between evil and sin. Evil exists all around us. We don't have to participate in it. But it wants to draw us in. It wants to woo us slowly, ever so slowly, bring us into that place where now the evil that was once out there becomes the evil that resides here. Lord, keep me from evil. And then there's just our own flesh. We walk in that and not the spirit of God. (laughs) Ooh, that your hand would be on me. Sometimes it's a heavy hand. Daughter, (laughs) bring it back in. And here's the thing. Walking in our flesh or walking in sin will always cause pain. It will cause pain to us. It will cause pain to the people around us. We can't get away from that. But when we say, keep me from this evil that wants to cause pain in the lives of others, Lord, I'm all in. Keep me from that. And when we're asking God to expand our territory, that means we're not going to be in our own territory. You understand that leaving that comfort zone, leaving your own territory means that you're going into foreign territory that you didn't own before. Somebody else owns that. So when you start marching out and pushing back against the darkness, pushing back against what the enemy was saying, no, that's mine, we're going to confront him. Are you willing to confront him? This is the bold prayer. Expand my territory because I'm going to walk into some things that, Lord, they, the residents there don't like me. It's territory that didn't previously belong to you, but we're taking it over for the kingdom. We're going to go in and take it over. We're marching into the enemy's camp. We're taking back what he's stolen, the lives of those around us. We're bringing the kingdom rule and reign into those foreign places. That's what we need to do. That's what we were called to do. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We're going into the territory. We're going to take back those things, those sons and daughters of our Father. We've given the enemy too much leeway. We need to take a stand. And then we have God's response. God granted him what he requested. And I cannot love this enough. God heard him. God responded. 
Now, again, this probably wasn't an overnight thing. This could have been years and years, Jabez was crying out, years and years of slowly seeing progress made in his lifetime. We don't know. We don't know the impact that he had. But we know there was an impact because it says God granted him his request. Was it an impact like Abraham, where he didn't really see the fulfillment of that until after his, his life was, was done? We don't know. Are you willing to invest in something that you might not ever see the impact of? That could be a reality. But God heard him, and it happened. And one of the major ways that we can really know this in, in this passage of Scripture is that the verse, verse 9, does not start out with, now Jabez was a man of pain and sorrow. No, it says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And I think that taking a little liberty, we could say, even though his mother named him pain, despite the fact that his mother named him pain, he's known, starts out his introduction is that he was honorable. That's not the life of a man who sat down in his pain and sorrow and just decided to stay there. His name, interestingly enough, in scriptures, we see like the whole name thing. We see over and over again these, these people in the Bible whose names were changed. You know, once meant one thing and now it's changed. Jabez's name, as far as we know, was never changed. His name remained to be pain and sorrow, but his life was changed. His legacy was changed. The impact he had on those around him was changed. In Matthew 6, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. We get so caught up in the things that we need and the things even that, you know, for the kingdom that we need for our households, for our personal lives that we need. And he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You're not gonna have to worry about this other stuff. That's what Jabez did. It's like, First thing, seeking the kingdom of God. Lord, I know who you are. You are the God of my people. You are my God. You are the sustainer, the provider, the creator of the universe, and I will trust in you, and I will seek to live in an honorable way with integrity and character so that your kingdom will be in advanced. And all those things were added to him. And I was, I was going through this, and I was reminded how how we miss so many opportunities to have the blessings given back to us that the Lord has that we ask for. In James 4, 2, and 3, it says, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. There was something different when we were asking the Lord, Lord, bless me so that I can have impact in your kingdom, so that I can bring the sons and daughters back home again, that I can be part of the restoration that you want to do on this earth and with your people. That's a different prayer. Man, but how much do we strive and work for the things that we need in life without going to the Father, and then we get them, and we're like, mm-mm, this is mine. <laughs> when he blesses us, and you're like, ooh, I got that raise. I'm not tired enough for that. Mm-mm, that is my money. I work for that. Get that new car. Like, what? I'm supposed to, somebody asked me for rides to church. That's a lot of gas. Like, do we get possessive about stuff? He's like, hmm, you don't ask because you ask amiss because you want it just for yourself. Can I tell you that when we ask for blessings in our lives, it's always for something greater. When God pours out blessings to us, he wants it to have a greater impact. So I think Jabez cried out to the Lord for him to bless him so that he could be a blessing to those around him. 
It's a prayer of surrender. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. So what's your story? Has your past been filled with circumstances or labels that you've allowed to define you? Were you, were you born into to circumstances you don't have any control over? Was your family name marred? You know, feel like there's any way to get out of that. The history of, of things. I come from a, a, several generations of alcoholics. I, I never was going to be okay to be an alcoholic. <laughs> that wasn't the, the destiny that, that I wanted to walk in. I could have. Probably would have been understood. Could have very well just done that. We, we have these generational things that we look at and we say, it's always been the, that way. It's always going to be that way. It's not going to be different for me. But God, bless me indeed, oh God. Use me. Are you going to be content with that little box and the boundaries that the enemy would love to keep you confined to? So you can't do that. You don't have enough resources. Remember where you came from. Remember that last time that you screwed up really bad? Man, the enemy wants to box you in and say, you can't move out of these boundaries. No one's going to understand. Nobody's going to hear what you have to say. Can we, can we just recall Paul for a minute? His former name, Saul, that went around killing the Christians, and then God gets a hold of him and sends him to the disciples, and, and they're like... Man, this is the guy that was killing us and they had to embrace him and bring him in and look what happened. We've been impacted. What excuses are you allowing to keep you from surrendering to the blessings and abundant life that Jesus wants to live through you? I think it's time that we step out in faith and we say, bless me indeed. And when you realize this just isn't a, a selfish prayer just so that I can get what I want, this kind of bless me, bless me, bless me, but you align yourself to what the Father is doing and willing to step out into the good works that he's prepared for you, it shifts your perspective. Because I realize in my life, if I don't step out and this doesn't become a prayer of mine, other people are going to miss out of who God is in their lives. And I will guarantee that every single one of you in this room, that is the same story. If you hold back and you aren't willing to let the Lord move through you and expand those territories, there's going to be people who are going to miss out because you did not bring Jesus to the table. I don't want that. I do not want that. I want to, man, I want to know, and I, I'll be the first to say too, I'm not there. <laughs> I am not there it's hard. It can be so hard. And that's why we have, like, it's depending on him, the Holy Spirit, but depending on the, the Holy Spirit to move us and direct us and to move us outside. And then, and the Lord says things like, you don't need to be motivated, daughter. You don't need to be motivated, son. I need you to be obedient. Gosh, I tell my kids this all the time. They're like, hmm, wait, what? Why? Gosh, I look at, I look at God and I'm like, what, what do you want me to do? What? That doesn't make sense. My kids look at me the same way. I'm like, no, I just need you to be obedient, please, right now. Because somebody needs that. God, give me kingdom impact. Set up for me divine appointments. Let the gifts of the Spirit flow through me and give me boldness to pray for others. Use my life and live incarnationally through me that others would see you. That's what this prayer is for us. Chris, you can go ahead and come. I realize that all of us have different things that keep us from this. And we are afraid, I think, to even utter these words sometimes. Because with that, with that blessing, there's a responsibility. There's accountability. But I will tell you that I think it's entirely worth it. 
So I just want to invite you to stand this morning. In a little bit, there's gonna the prayer team is gonna be here. All right, actually, you guys can go ahead and, and come up. Because I think we're in a significant time. And I feel like the Lord is calling us and saying, listen, I need you to be motivated. I need you to be activated. I need you to step up and start moving out and taking back ground. We need to be willing to push back the borders where we feel safe, where it's comfortable, where it looks all clean and tidy and go where it's maybe a little bit ugly. I remember a, a time years ago, Roy and I had gone out for, for a date and we ended up, of course we ended up uh, at Burlington Coat Factory shopping for the kids and, and they were like, oh, we should go do something fun as well. And um, yeah, we were pastoring, we were assisting uh, ministers and we ended up going and playing um, pool someplace and just hanging out for a few hours. And I got home and I remember hanging my coat up and I was like, my coat smells like cigarettes. Like my coat, my coat is, you know, it smells now like, like cigarettes. And I, and the Lord just stopped me and said, you know what? If we don't smell like something of the world around us, then we haven't gotten out of our comfort zone. Now, it's a tricky line sometimes of being, you know, being in the world, but not of it. But man, we gotta be in the world because there's a world out there that needs Jesus in you desperately. And it starts with you being willing to ask him. Are you willing to ask him to expand your sphere of influence? that he would be greater in you, that you would be less, so that he would be seen and not you. It's not easy. It's dying a thousand deaths to ourselves every day. But it's worth it. So if you find yourself this morning and there's something in here in, in Jabez that you're like, you resonate with and you're like, look, I am ready. Like I, this is the prayer that I need to be praying because I know I can't go out there and do it on my own. Or if you're looking at this and you're like, you know what, I've been stuck in these circumstances, in these situations, and I don't know how to get out of it. And I don't know how to make it something different. There is a God who does know how to get you out of that. The God of Israel. And he wants you to ask him for that help, to acknowledge, Lord, I am in need. And only you can do something about this. Then I want you to respond, I want you to come, I want you to, to ask for prayer this morning. And maybe you're like, I don't even know what any of this is about. Like, I don't even know who Jesus is in my life. I don't know if he's present there or not. Come have somebody pray with you because he's been waiting for you. He's been waiting for this day. He's been waiting to say, you know what? You are angry. You are angry at me and you've been fighting against me because you don't know how to make it any different. You are living in pain and sorrow and he's calling you to come out of that place to get up Man, we are so good. Last time I was here, I talked about like being on a path and you're like, you know, you're out there and you just like hit that rock or that tree stump and you're like tripping. Man, we fall down and we sit there. We just want to sit there and feel sorry for ourselves and be like, this always happens to me. Like I sat on my donut again. It's time to get up get up because he wants to restore your soul and lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake so just just begin to come and and come for prayer and and while you do that i want you to pray this with me and we're just going to pray this together and you can just repeat it after me but i want to pray this prayer because i think I think it's profound. I think there's a moment in time 
And the Lord is saying, people of Reimagined Church, I need you out there pushing the boundaries. Stop waiting to be motivated. Be obedient to those things I've already told you. So why don't we pray this? Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And you prayed out loud with me. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me. That you would keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. And we're going to do that one more time. This time I want you to do it not from that place of this is my first step, Lord. I just need to cry out to you. But I want you to pray this with me, with authority, with boldness, with the audacity to say, Lord, I'm not content to stay where I have been. I know there's more. There's more that you have for me. There's more ways that you want to use me. There's more impact that you want to have through me. So let's pray this again. Oh, Lord, bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me. That you would keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. And you know what? God grants your request. God grants your request. Come back to this. Look this up again. Start pushing back. Maybe it's a place in your job, in your family. There's some specific areas that you are thinking of that you just know, Lord, I need to take back some more ground here. I need to respond to this. Print it out, hang it up, put it on your bathroom mirror and double. Because the Lord will grant your request. So go ahead and just come. You guys... Some of you are already feeling in your spirit that you need to respond and you need to be prayed for this morning. I want you to come. Don't let the enemy hold you back. Don't let your own fears hold you back. Come and get prayer this morning. And I just pray that the Lord would bless you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you. Lord, come. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings over your people. Amen. So you guys have a very blessed week. Thank you so much for joining us. We would like to ask you a simple question. What has God spoken to you today? And how would he have you respond? We would sure love to hear from you. You can reach out to us with your prayer requests, your comments, or your questions at reimaginepeople.com and by clicking the Connect tab. We would also like to invite you to join us again next week for another encouraging and inspirational message from Reimagine Church.